0: Bum bum ba bum bum bam dum, bum bum ba bum bum ba bum bum ba dum, bum bum ba dum, bum bum ba dum, bum bum ba dum, dum 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 bum 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 dum dum bum dum dum bum dum 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 bum dum 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 You are now in session with the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. I'm Lisa Gullickson. I'm Brad Gullickson. And each month, we evaluate a different iconic romance within the four-color realm. In this episode, we're charging hammers forward across the gaping maw of Muspelheim into our creator corner, where we're joined by legendary cartoonist Daniel Warren Johnson and the three of us get into it with Beta Ray Bill from Marvel Comics. Ah! Ah! We were trying to plan our banter, and so I go, okay, Brad, right after I finish reading, (laughs) what's gonna be the sentence you say? And Brad's like, I've got this, ah!
1: And so that's how we started. You know, we have talked to so many rad people, and, and rad people that have meant a lot to us as fans of this medium. But Daniel Warren Johnson, I mean, like, I loved this guy from the second I read the first issue of Murder Falcon. Mm-hmm. Daniel Warren Johnson's comics, they elicit genuine, authentic, brutally emotional experiences.
0: Because that's what he does. He's like, yeah, it's monsters and gore and swords and and d- dragons yeah um but really it's about all of that squishy yeah. emotional meat underneath
1: yeah and you know like because you get done with murder falcon and you are brutally destroyed and then you move on to something like wonder woman dead earth mm-hmm. right and again it's like Is she beating dudes with Superman's spine? Yes, she is. Is that metal as hell? Yes, it is. But it's not about the metal as hell moments as much as it is about Diana reconnecting with humanity.
0: And her love her love of humanity. Yeah,
1: and so, you know, we've so we've been fans of of Daniels for a very long time. We named Murder Falcon the best limited series of 2018. We named Wonder Woman Dead Earth the best limited series of 2019. I'll include links in our show notes to those best of episodes. So, yeah, it's a big deal that Daniel Warren Johnson agreed to come on Comic Book Couples Counseling. I randomly tweeted at him, not even expecting a response, just crossing my fingers, and I was like, Daniel, we're loving Beta Ray Bill. Would you like to come on the show to talk about that comic, but specifically to talk about Beta Ray Bill's interior life?
0: And he said yes. And then I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Does he know what he's getting himself into? Because I love asking uh, artists about their process. And he's so open about... Um, what it's like for him to be sitting at that drawing board. But what I really wanna talk about is uh, Beta Ray Bill's psychology and his imposter syndrome and all of those things that make him such a fascinating and curious entity within the Marvel universe. These
1: first four issues of Beta Ray Bill dig into the character in a way that has not happened previously. Daniel Warren Johnson is not inventing or even reinventing the character, but he is exposing that interior life uh, and and making an entire arc about what it's like to walk around in those massive boots, what it's like to live under Thor's shadow.
0: From the outside, Beta Ray Bill Seems like such a weirdo, just so alien. Nothing quite looks like him. People keep calling him a horse face. I don't. Th- I, he doesn't look like any horse that I know. Uh, but Daniel Warren Johnson finds the thing about him that's relatable, mm. and then all of a sudden you go, "Oh no, am I?" Am I Beta Ray Bill?
1: We're all Beta Ray Bill. That's the beauty of Daniel Warren Johnson. Like he presents characters like Murder Falcon and Superman and Beta Ray Bill. And he finds a way to make you a mirror for that character.
0: So if you haven't been reading Beta Ray Bill, first and foremost, I'm very jealous of you. That means you get to read it for the first time in the near future. And you're almost all caught up because the final issue, issue five, comes out this Wednesday and it's gonna get you. It's gonna get you in the feels. But you need to know that there is spoilery stuff in this interview. Yeah, We couldn't get to the heart of Beta Ray Bill without talking about all of the stuff that's going on in his world. Yeah,
1: so this is a little different than a usual creator corner conversation because we are really delving deep into this arc and this character.
0: But if you're like, I can handle it, I can handle spoilers, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a plot outline so you know what's going on. So in the very first issue, Fin Fang Foom has descended upon Asgard and Thor is busy, he's on Earth, handling some stuff. The King in Black. So Beta Ray Bill is put in charge of the defense of Asgard and he's leading the army and things seem like they could go either way. I think the dragon <laughs> slightly had the upper hand. But then Thor swoops in and takes the W away from Beta Ray yeah. Bill. And he feels emasculated and embarrassed. And there's some revelry afterwards. And he has an awkward exchange with Sif because they'd been having flirtations and there's a miscommunication. We get into it. But. He tells Thor, like, I can't take it anymore. I'm sick of being in your shadow. I'm sick of not having the hammer your dad gave me. So I'm going to go on this journey to find myself and get a new weapon so I can feel whole again.
1: Rufio, 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 Rufio. And yeah, we talk hook.
0: And Beta Ray Bill manages to pull together something of a couple lost boys of his own. Yeah. Uh, Scourge, back from the dead. Pip, and of course, Scuttlebutt. And they go on this journey, and they do find Odin. And Odin's like, you know what you're looking for? It's in Muspelheim. And that's where we are, in Beta Ray Bill right now.
1: We tried to get some deets regarding issue five, but Daniel Warren Johnson was like, nay.
0: <laughs> really, what I wanted was like, is what I think... It's going to happen, actually going to happen, sir. And he's like, I can't tell you. I'm like, oh, man.
1: We'll just have to wait for (laughs) Wednesday, Lisa. It's right around the corner. And this conversation is so rad. Daniel Warren Johnson gave so much of his time. We were going to talk just 30 minutes, but we just kept on talking, talking, talking. He's such a sweet guy.
0: We tried to play it cool. That was the game plan. But somebody immediately threw the game plan right out the window. You know,
1: like you watch his YouTube page. He's such a sweet person. He's a mellow guy. And I was like, oh, he's going to have some low energy with this chat. But then once we hooked up on Zencaster, he was so like giving and flowing of himself. I just threw myself upon
0: him. And it does come across
1: thirsty I, yeah, yeah a little fanish yeah, yeah fan-ish. we're but can, fans guess what? yeah we're fans Lisa
0: I gotta tell you though if you are not already a patron this is the episode yeah. to drop that dollar on because we got some amazing exclusive material. From Daniel Warren Johnson that we can't even really take credit for because the questions were not ours.
1: Yeah, they come from our patrons. And, you know, Max asks this question that is very serious. And I wasn't sure how to present it to Daniel. I was like,
0: can we even ask it?
1: But we did. And Daniel Warren Johnson gave a very, very honest and frank answer. Answer. And then, you know, one of our patrons is Jason Ayers, the WWE referee, and he wants to talk with Daniel about wrestling and the Rainmaker and all the cool moves that he puts into Beta Ray Bill and all his other comics and Daniel Warren Johnson took that opportunity to talk wrestling and I had no idea what he was talking about Yeah, me neither but I was fascinated by it so like Lisa says the Patreon extended cut of this conversation is well worth it you only need to join at the dollar level of course we understand that not everyone can afford to become a patron but this is just a dollar to get the extended cut and I really do think it delivers with Daniel Warren Johnson.
0: And you can cancel. Judgment-free zone.
1: Yeah, do what you got to do. But with that note, I think it's time to actually get into the love nest, get Beta Ray Bill on the couch, and talk with Daniel Warren Johnson.
2: Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, um, Wow, it feels like it's it's been a long time coming. You went and pursued
1: Marvel with wanting to tell a Beta Ray Bill story. And I guess I want to know what your relationship is with Beta Ray Bill before the creation of this comic, and what made you just plunge into Marvel with the idea of doing a Beta Ray
2: Bill comic. Great question. I will say, you know, the old greats, the classics of the Marvel Universe, you know, we're talking like that Golden Age Kirby. um, I guess what you consider like, uh, you know, Beta Ray Bill, the first Beta Ray Bill arc, like Silver Age Marvel. I mean, is that right? Th- like eighties? I think it's still. Well, let's see. I don't know if it's Silver Age because isn't like the seventies goes into Bronze Age? I get my ages confused. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean. Um, I'm- it's so weird because it feels like, you know, like stuff in the Bronze Age. It's like, but this is some of the best comic book art ever. Y- yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. It feels like you know, like almost like an insult to give it a Bronze Age kind of label. But I mean,
1: the Simonson run, I do like when I put Simonson and Kirby next to each other, especially Agreed. with Simonson's Thor stuff, although like his Fantastic Four stuff, I think is super underrated as well.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, growing up, I, I read a lot of manga, watched a lot of anime uh, you know, cracking open a lot of Joe mad books. <laughs> um, and that was like what really drove me in college, you know, and, um, that kind of Japanese influenced vibe. And it was not until I actually like started getting more into comics and like drawing comics for a living that I found like I was just looking for some new, uh, influences, you know, cause, mm. uh, you know, I kind of grown out of drawing like Joe mad in college. I moved into like a Frank quietly phase, like at the end of college slash, like, getting out of college. Um, and then I started to get a little more brushy with, like, the Paul Pope thing. And, you know, all these, like, American artists that were working at the time, you know, I can tell that there's some huge linear line of comic book artists, you know. Um, and so I started going back to the source, you know. Then I really started getting into Kirby Simonson, you know. Insert X there, you know, of any, mm. like, like, great comic book artist 60s 70s and 80s and uh, i got the uh, beta ray bill artist edition because i was just like man i've always loved the look of beta ray bill um but i never actually read the story you know not until like you know after college so i was like why not just read his arc in like (laughs) uh you know artist edition format and i can write Mm. the whole thing off and i did (laughs) um and you know i i'd always liked walt simonson's work and i always knew him as the guy Uh, that drew really big knee, kneecap things on, uh, Thor or like, you know, like he has those like really big, uh, they're not knee pads. They're like, uh, yeah, they're like horns for your knees. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no name for them, but I was like, man, that guy draws some mean knee, uh, clothing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, I kind of, I, but I've always loved Beta Ray Bill, so I kind of dove in and. Man, I just loved, I connected so much with Beta Ray Bill's story and I loved his look. I loved that he had a spaceship. I loved that he was like an alien, like this, you know, Walt writes him specifically as an alien, you know, he's outside of the Thor kind of God universe, um, kind of a, it just doesn't really fit, you know, a square peg and a round hole and so on. And uh, I loved that he kind of had this somber kind of tragic uh tale and and he kind of carried himself a little bit like an alien charlie brown Mm. um even though that like walt simonson like was not really writing into that vibe you know it just kind of he just kind of was like this is just his voice uh as the character and um i just really gravitated towards it and i had always thought you know this guy is like his it's such a it's there's so much here to talk about like identity and like you know uh, failure and like self-love and um, of course, Simonson's writing style, especially in that arc, you know, it's a little bit more like uh, macro. You know, it's like big helicopter view, super epic, you know, which I love, you know. And I just always thought, man, what would it be like if we took a magnifying glass, you know, to the like, heart of Beta Ray Bill? And that's kind of where the inspiration for the story got started is just kind of seeing kind of Beta Ray Bill's personality through the pages of Walt Simonson's Thor. So, you know, like taking that
1: magnifying glass to beta Ray bill and and having the conversation around self-love and, and self-imagery um and, and it, it's it's something that i guess i had never really considered until your book drilled down deep into it from like the very first issue and you know you get to that first page you open and the corbinite scientists are looking through their magnifying glass the first well the first word is the word then signifying a flashback. But then like the first dialogue is, you know, well, what do you see? And then Mm -hmm. we go through this, you know, moment in Bill's life where he is chosen to be augmented, uh, to protect his people. And on the second page on the final, the, the final panel is his mom holding his face saying, my boy cut to the third page, top panel, my beautiful boy, (laughs) and Bill looks so, I mean, he's obviously-
0: It's not his most flattering angle. Well, it's not his most, yeah, it's
1: not his most flattering angle. He looks just torn. He looks
2: ravished. Also a difficult angle to draw. (laughs) (laughs) like straight on, wow. (laughs) But you keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Can, can you
1: talk a little bit about, you know, setting the story up with that flashback and getting to that My Beautiful Boy moment and then the first image that you had to draw of Bill as we know
2: him today? Yeah, you know, I guess comics, uh, especially in American comics, the real estate for, like, being able to tell a story and, like, get across feelings, like, really fast is always something that is a challenge and that I struggle with and I'm trying to figure out how to do it organically. Um So I knew that there had to be some sort of, you know, there's got to be some sort of MacGuffin that like drives the story forward that, you know, we highlight to like, which is part of Bill's past, you know, that the flame of Surtur coming for his home planet. And so there you have that drama mixed with, you know, a mother's love for her son. And I like the juxtaposition of, you know. Beta Ray Bill's, like, quote, humanoid face is, like, super, like, comically simple.
1: Mm.
2: And then, you know, you'll notice this, like, when even when Walt Simonson draws uh, Beta Ray Bill, like, you know, his face is all rendered out. It's, like, really detailed. It just kind of adds a lot of heaviness and weight to the whole kind of character. So I wanted... You notice, like, there's, like, almost no lines in that previous panel of, like, young Bill's face being held by his mom. Mm. And then it transitions into, like, just crazy detail. Um, and it just kind of like, and and then it's, the tone has been set already, hopefully, you know, um, it's like, okay, here's the story we're going to be telling. And it just kind of shows you that little preview before you even start reading anymore.
0: Like, I love how the story, like it it opens the story by setting this mindset that, um, Beta Ray Bill feels like he sacrificed his beauty, like, Mm. and, and that he has, gotten so little in return for it. Like he sacrificed his beauty to save his planet and then th- that didn't work out. And so he ended up, you know, go- ending up in Asgard and maybe, oh, I can lift this, maybe I can lift this hammer, maybe this makes me special. And it's like, uh, we can't actually let you hold that hammer. So we're gonna <laughs> give you this other hammer. And so like he's he he's keeps paying this high price Only for it to come to naught for him. And um, I think that right from the beginning of the book, you set, like, you start with his relationship to Thor and and him being kind of Thor's um, second and also opposite. And you use another pop culture reference to set that off with Peter Pan and Rufio. From Hook. <laughs> and I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about that. That is a movie I find extraordinarily meaningful and beautiful. Brad Lesto. Whatever. He keeps hating on me for loving <laughs> Hook so much. Can, can you talk about um, Beta Ray Bill's relationship with Hook and perhaps your relationship with Hook as well?
2: Yeah. Well, first off, you know, I, I saw Hook on VHS. You know, the plastic VHS mm-hmm. uh, Containers, the like fold out ones, you know. Yeah. Like if you crunched them too hard, they would make like uh, yeah that awful noise. Um. I just remember putting that uh, VHS in, and like you know, I I, looking back on it now, I can I can honestly say like is Hook the best movie? No, definitely not. (laughs) Like you know, it, it hasn't aged great in the sense of like how much I enjoy it, but I still remember the feeling I got when like Rufio would show up. Um like when I was a little kid, you know, I just thought Rufio was just the most baddest ass ass mother ever, like on the planet. (laughs) So cool. And, you know, there's a part of me that's like, you know, Peter Pan's cool. And I realized that like he's the main character of the story. This is even when I was young, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, but man, I've just really, I'm so into Rufio. And it's almost like Peter Pan is like elevated because there's so many cool people around him, you know? And uh, I've always been kind of attracted to, those characters and in fiction of like the silver metal uh characters i guess so like uh oh gosh all right i'm blanking now but um i like i would consider like bucky barnes to be in there Mm -hmm. um slash winter soldier um let's see oh god i'm sorry uh i'm like blanking why am i blanking beta rate bill i'd put into that category uh, Scotty Pippen. Um, <laughs> Scottie you know, like no yeah, offense sure. to Scotty, he's yeah. an amazing athlete, but like it's just the facts that like there's always going to be somebody who's like a little more talented, right? Who like George Harrison, kind of the... I'll
0: throw a beetle in there.
2: Okay, yeah, dude, yeah, totally. George Harrison great. You know, um there's like I feel like there's a there's solid ones in every story. I mean, Boromir. Oh, oh Boromir, yeah. right? Yeah. Like totally silver, maybe even bronze medal. but like to Aragorn, right? You got Aragorn. He's like the A plus gold medalist. And you got Boromir who's like a total F up. And I just like, I love those characters. I think they're so awesome. And I'm always more drawn to them than like the main hero. Um, It's like these um, silver metal characters, they kind of are in the shadows and they have their moments to shine, but they're never going to be quite what, you know, the main characters are all about and how much, how much light they get shined on them. So, um, rufio compared to to uh you know peter pan i feel like is just the perfect example of that and that's it wasn't until, i did not notice this trope until i saw hook and i was really young and i kept looking out for it and i kept finding it in like different animes and mangas and comics and movies and i love it you know i i so i guess i kind of wanted to like shout out that little mirror which was a part of the inspiration for the story you know like this is a story about a silver character who is always kind of like you said like, always kind of not getting the return on this, like, really heavy emotional and physical investment in all these adventures in his life. And then you got Thor over here who's just like reveling in it and he doesn't even know how good he has it.
0: <laughs> I also had special feelings for Rufio, but I think it was mostly because I was becoming a woman and I was like, that guy is so odd. Um, I, right on. I love the way that you write Thor and really shine a light on. His fragile masculinity and sure. how he doesn't realize that Odin in particular has done everything to buttress his specialness, and yeah. he's and he's done it at the cost of Beta Ray Bill's specialness, but also his own, where he's like, Okay, well, my my son can't feel like a king with dad around, so I guess I gotta go retire and brew beer. <laughs> um. So, so what are your true feelings about Thor? That's what I want to get to. What are your true?
2: Well, feelings I mean, of? I love drawing Thor, but I like ugly Thor. So, like, mm. I don't know if you've read any of the um Jason Aaron Thor issues. Yeah. Where oh, das, heck yeah! Das pastoris is the artist. Like, he does a few like little mini stories in there. Have you read those? Yes. I love the way Pastoras draws Thor. He's so Mm. ugly. It's like Mm. so weird. Um, (laughs) I'm kind of into like kind of oddly trollish looking Thor. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: And, uh, you know, the character has always been really cool. But like another part of another piece of this puzzle is that, you know, there have been so many stories done about Thor. And it is a little intimidating to look at that backlog and try and come up with something new. So if I like the way Beta Ray Bill looks better anyway, I'm. And there's been less stories to kind of, you know, trod over. I felt way more confident in, like, approaching it from that angle as well.
1: Hmm.
0: For me, like, the true, like, like gut punch moment of that first issue was the bedroom scene with Lady Sif. Yeah. And and my heart really goes out to both of them in that situation where, like... Um, I, I, you know, I don't know how much, you know, chit chat goes into Asgard. I'm sure they're not going like, "Hey, what are you d- into, and what are your special needs?" They're not doing that, and so she's going into this situation with a certain expectation, an yep. expectation that he cannot meet. And I, like, I just wonder how the conversation would have gone differently if Beta Ray Bill hadn't just kind of board flipped. And excused himself from the situation. He
1: doesn't want to hear the answer. Like he cuts her off. Right. Yeah. I totally
0: think she was still down to, to bang. She just needed, (laughs) she just needed, you know, some facts and figures.
2: It's so funny. I'm so glad that you caught that because I friggin' that script. I was like, I edit, 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 edit. I'm like, how do I, I was really trying to make a balanced approach. Like, of course, I don't want Sif to come off like some unfeeling person, you know, it's Mm -hmm. really important to me to have like a balanced approach to it. And, but the fact of the matter is that like, you know, sometimes things get lost in translation and it's like, it's an awkward moment, you know, you got some pillow talk and it's just a little, and Beta Ray Bill's already kind of in a fragile state, you Mm -hmm. know, so it's like that one thing that tips him over the edge. And yeah, totally. You notice like he cuts Sif off. He doesn't know what she was going to say. So we will never really know, right? Like, He's 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 looking into the mirror and he's saying, Yo, oh I get it. I'm not blind. He turns the script on himself and it, it kinda like makes it all about him because he like cannot help it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's hard sometimes, you know, I see uh comments or you know, things on the internet where it's like, Oh my god, Sif's such a bitch yeah. and I'm like, No, 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 that was <laughs> not the point, you know, or like Danny Warren Johnson like really hates the Sif character, you know. <laughs> It's like, I'm like, no, uh, uh, no, this is not what's happening right now. Right. This is not at all what is happening. Like that Um, scene
1: is so it's so hurtful, you know, like without getting into like intimate details and personal details. But like when you're in a situation like that, if your ego is deflated in any way for a second, it's over. Like yeah, everything you, totally. is off
0: the table. Everything yeah. is yes. off the
1: table. Yeah, you're I'm going you're out to of the there. other side of the city. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know?
2: um, totally, and that's exactly what I was going for. Um, and it, I feel like it, it, you know, it really worked, and it, it kind of like, it's like a great spark, you know. And the goal was to kind of have these like cascading moments in issue one of just Beta Ray Bill kind of like tripping, falling, not being helped up tripping, tripping, and then like the ultimate kind of letdown where he's basically just in such a dark place anyway, he can't really hear anything good about himself. He can't experience anything good for himself. He's got to go find it and which leads him to, you know, basically starting his adventure.
1: That first issue, when it was first solicited and we get that astonishing cover, Beta Ray Bill, title match, Versus Fin Fang Foom. (laughs) This is going to be the most epic, gnarly comic book. And then (laughs) this issue is just a series of bummers. Like you get, you get a great attack, but then that attack is undercut by Thor coming in and stealing, uh, pardon the pun, thunder, you know, (laughs) and, and, and and he becomes the hero and then Bill has to go to the bar then he gets turned down or he perceives that he's turned down by Sif. And then he goes wandering off into space with Scuttlebutt. And I get to the end of that first issue and I'm like, shit, I'm sad. <laughs> and I'm I'm curious, like when you were going through the outlining, talking to Marvel about this, when you are in the process of creating this comic, whether it's the writing, the layouts or the actual uh, heavy lifting of the art. Are you concerned about how this is not going to necessarily deliver on what maybe fans are thinking?
2: Man, I, I think I can honestly say I didn't think about that once. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's what I wanted you to say. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. Like, I, you know, I, I when I originally pitched Baderie Bill to Marvel, they, they had no, we had no inkling of it. Being involved with King and Black I don't even know if King and Black was a thing yet Or if it had even been pitched hmm. The whole even concept of that Entering into the Thor universe um, And It just like was happenstance That it just really worked out Where like Thor breaks Bill's hammer You know before I even wrote the story um, I wasn't going to um, You know I, I The Bill's look wasn't even going to be a part of it It was all going to be kind of bill's relationship with thor uh i was gonna have thor uh accidentally in a drunken kind of stupor sleep with bill's girlfriend by accident um Hmm. and that was gonna like start the journey right where it Hmm. would be almost more of a comedy thing you know uh but this like worked way better and um it's funny like when the coronavirus hit i was still working on wonder woman i was finishing up issue four And I was just kind of putting out feelers to Marvel, like because we had talked about it before. I did Wonder Woman, you know, and I had decided to do Wonder Woman instead. Um, And I, you know, I I was kind of coming back to the table, and I was like, "Hey, do we have any interest at all in Beta Ray Bill again?" And they were like, "Yes, hundred percent, we want to do it. Let's do it." And then Diamond shut down. Yeah, (laughs) uh, and Marvel was like, "Eh, "Yellow light," you know. They're like, so it was funny. So Mar, like Will said, it's yellow light because. It's not that we don't want to do it. We're just not convinced that it's going to sell, especially like because they were being really cautious about a bunch of their new titles going into like this weird kind Mm. of pandemic shutdown. This is like April, May 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I remember like getting an iced coffee at Dunkin Donuts like two months later in June, just casually wondering, man, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I was just basically I'd finished Wonder Woman. I was just doing commissions all day. Like, I have no idea what's going to go. What's going to happen? I guess I should probably email Marvel and see if they've changed their minds. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: And I did, you know, I was just like, Hey, I mean, I, I just, just shot in the dark, but any chance that we've got a green light and will was like, actually, we've got a meeting coming up and I have an idea that might get us through the door. Mm. And that idea was to kind of smush beta a bill in with King and black. Um, and that's why you have a, uh, beta ray bill fighting a nullified fing fan foom uh the only reason for that is the only way we could get it get the book greenlit was if like it was somehow tied with king and black so my editor will's like look i had to pull the string because if we, i didn't do this the book wouldn't get made so you can literally write away the king and black storyline in one page if you want <laughs> you do whatever you want you know like do i don't care how you get out of it just get out of it so you can tell your own story. But the first issue is like got to kind of look like a King in Black tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and you like when King and Black is over in your
1: comic, I mean, it literally just fades away. Like, you know, the, he becomes denullified.
2: And, yep. and and it's gone. It's poof. Yep. <laughs> Love it. And it was kind of a fun like, because they were like, you know, I was thinking like, okay, maybe Asgard could get attacked. I'm kind of riffing with the editors and uh, they're like, yeah, that sounds great. And they're like, we need somebody to that to attack, you know, uh, Asgard. And I was like, man, okay, let me just think about it. And I just like put made a list of all the Marvel characters I'd always wanted to draw. And Fin Fang Foom was the top of the list. I was like, what's Fin Fang Foom doing? Yeah. They're like, nope, nothing. Go <laughs> ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that was the biggest draw for me, just to see
1: these two characters on the same page. I am curious who else might have been on that list, if you're willing to say.
2: Yeah, um, I was thinking about, gosh, they're like the alien ripoffs. Oh, Brood. Yes, the Brood. Sorry, maybe I I shouldn't be so. No, uh, no, no, no. (laughs) uh, But then I thought thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I really don't feel like drawing a million little characters on the page for pages and pages and pages. I'm trying to think what else is on there. Um, I was thinking maybe some sort of like galactic entity that, you know, but. You know, so it's so crazy. It's like so so much stuff that you think of. It's like, oh, but they're being used over here, or you know, that's being done over here. Um, Just, I basically like threw my threw my best shot out with Fin Fang Foom, and thank goodness he was available. Hmm. So funny, I'm talking like I'm recruiting for my NBA team. It all worked out. The timing worked out, he was available and he was within our budget. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, that is what you're doing, right? Like,
1: you know, you get, oh, well, I can have Pip. Oh, Pip works well. I can have a little Scourge. You know, you are putting a team together.
2: Yeah, I am. And it was it's fun. You know, I knew I knew that I wanted Scourge to come back. Um, and with the tone of the book, I felt like I could really get away with it, even though he had kind of passed on. Um and I was also like in issue two. I'm like trying to figure out how I can write Scourge so that he doesn't sound like he's just watching people have sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Who wouldn't do that? If I was in Valhalla, that would that would be all I did.
2: <laughs> right on.
0: I yeah. love the perspectives that the team that ends up around Beta Ray Bill give to the way that he's perceived because they each of them. Loves Beta Ray Bill and sees them as a whole person for their own reasons. Mm. Where Scourge really sees, like, "Oh, your melancholy is clearly circumstantial. So all <laughs> we have to do is, you know, change up these circumstances, and you're going to be right as rain."
1: Yep. And and total then, wingman move. Yep. And
0: then Pip is such a beautiful character to me because. He is perhaps the only person who can really articulate what makes Beta Ray Bill a hero mm. and what makes him so special because he keeps being told like oh your beauty is on the inside right you <laughs> you I see something in you it's radiant it's sparkling it's ephemeral and ineffable so like I can't get but I feel like um Pip really does cut down to the heart of what makes Beta Ray Bill so special. Could you speak to that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I Pip the Troll is kind of... He's not exactly, like, a looker. Um, he's always, mm-hmm. like, looks kind of awkward, short, and he has those, like, weird legs. Um, and I just kind of thought, you know, when he shows up in issue one, you know, it's kind of awkward. You know, Bill's like, yo, hey. And um, I just thought you know a guy who can kind of teleport around and kind of see what he wants to see you know i feel like pip would just gravitate towards people that you know he would kind of identify with Mm -hmm. and we learn more about that in issue two you know when he kind of gives that little spiel about why he's going to come with beta Ray bill and i don't know i just really it 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 felt like a good fit you know and felt like a weird fit it felt like uh kind of another like a, a like a like a fish sauce in like a in some sort of like, you know, teriyaki combo, mm. you know, like that little bit of funk that doesn't, doesn't even really fit. And, you know, it's tough. I, I, I'm, tr- I was trying to like fit him in uh, in like more meaningful ways, you know, other than just that, uh, you know, little monologue that he has at the end of issue two, but he's mostly been an emotional support and kind of a mirror for Bill to kind of see, like Bill kind of can understand that, like that physical, kind of self-frustration. self, self frustration. Um, But at the-
0: first, to Beta Ray Bill, Pip's words of affirmation don't really count. For some reason, he sees... Pip seeing him as a hero or like, hey, you know, like, it's like us to you. Hey, I'm a really big fan. And we're like, well, obviously you're a big fan. You guys are big time comic book nerds. Like your words of affirmation. No, you you were very gracious. But Bill in this case was just like, yeah, well, whatever. This is not the kind of affirmation. I'm not looking for troll affirmation today, yep. you know? And, and yep. I think that I love how Pip's true value to, to Bill is revealing over time, over the course yeah. of the story. Yeah. I, I Like, to me... I don't, tell me if I'm totally off. I just love telling creators what I think their comics are about.
2: That's like, great. I love it.
0: Um, To me, I feel like Bill's specialness has always been told to him with accommodations, and that's what broke him. Where it's just like, yeah... You're chosen, but we do have to beef you up and give you sput- scuttlebutt. Or oh, look, you are worthy. You can lift Mjolnir, but you're really going to need another hammer. You know, <laughs> and and like it's interesting that people keep giving him these gifts, like even Scuttlebutt, who who um who was changed as they uh, entered Muspelheim. Like even Scuttlebutt, who knows him the best, still is like, "Look, I made you a weapon." Where really, the only gift that Beta Ray Bill really wants is like to be just held by his beautiful face and be told, "Like, guess what? You're enough."
2: Hmm. Mm. It's pretty. It's pretty darn good assessment. I dig it.
0: And but I I don't think that there's a person who doesn't find that relatable, particularly like as an artist, like, you know, I'm a musician and I go like people go like, oh yeah, that was great. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. But like my goalpost is actually over there or, you know, whatever, like that, that idea of like, um, I don't, I don't know how to say what I'm like, ask the question. Like, um, uh, like, are there things that you feel are there ways that like that's how I feel like I relate to 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 Beta Ray Bill, where like my spe- my specialness sometimes has to come with accommodations. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, do you also find that relatable in any way, or do
1: you relate to
2: Bill in a different way? Or, yeah. Um, gosh, I guess it's a really interesting take on it. You know i I have, I guess. You know, I've, I've, I'm i very blessed to have grown up in a uh, household where I really, you know, my parents really supported me. They supported my art, you know, and they were very positive and encouraging about almost everything that, you know, I set my mind to. Um, and I... I don't know. I just, I always kind of, I I guess I can honestly say that I like felt loved even though, even like when I would fail. Mm -hmm. So thank you, mom and dad. (laughs) Uh, Um, not to say that, you know, I don't feel pressure now, like as an adult, I guess kind of, um, a way that I might like, uh, I kind of related to beta Bill is Like, you know, I, I, I've always, I've never really liked the way that I look. If I'm totally honest with you, with you guys and myself and, um, you know, I'd like, I, in in no way do I think that I am ugly, but like, I've always kind of like, I've always kind of measured myself against some other higher standard, like physically. So I've just kind of, I think maybe I was like kind of channeling that mostly Mm -hmm. is that mostly like that physical kind of like feeling like, man, i just really don't look that great. I've always just kind of looked a little more awkward than like the rest of my peers. Um, I'm like getting better at embracing that. And it also helps that I'm getting older. So like, the older I get, like the less that like, you know, I I have to worry about the way I look anyway. (laughs) I feel that hard. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's the times that I've felt inadequate have been when, uh, mostly like in related to looks or like sports or like being a part of like a team and like letting everybody down, (laughs) which I did a lot in, uh, you know, middle school and high school, you know, just playing on, sports teams yeah i I went to
0: tennis real quick i was like i can't i can't i can't put this on another person i do do it on my
2: own (laughs) but as far as like making art and things like that you know it's been something that's been so joy-giving to me and so natural that you know i do feel like a pressure to do well but i've just always kind of i don't know you ever see like chariots of fire that movie chariots (laughs) of fire yeah it's a great friggin' movie and like You know, everybody's asking this guy, like, oh, man, how do you do this? You know, what's what's your vibe? And he's just like, I just love to run, man. It's just the best. And he (laughs) just kind of does it. And he like and it's like almost like, oh, and he what does he say? I feel God's love when I run. Yeah. And it's just like very pure, you know, whether, you know, whatever worldview or belief anyone I feel aspire, uh, uh, you know, adheres to. It's like it's just very very raw and it's just so simple. You know, it's like when I make lines, I just feel like I'm doing something that I've been meant to do. Um, So when it comes to that art form, I feel like so confident and I do feel loved and I feel supported by basically my entire family. And, you know, it's my wife that said, like, you should really give this art thing a try when I was like so miserable Hmm. uh, as a teacher. And, you know, she put our savings on the line when, when, you know, I don't know, I mean, my parents were awesome, you know, but my dad sat me down. I'm sure you've heard this story in some interview before, yeah. but, you know, my dad sat me down. He's like, you know, look, you just, you know, drawing, drawing spaceships isn't going to make you any money. No. <laughs> and he wasn't like, it wasn't like a downput or like, you know, he wasn't like telling me not to achieve my dreams. He's just like, you got to have a backup plan. Hmm. Whereas my wife was like, yeah, let's just try it. You know? Mm. Uh, so I've always kind of have that backup and. So I guess with Beta Ray Bill, the way that I connect is definitely more on, like, the physical appearance. Hmm. You know, one of the things that you
1: alter regarding the mythology around the characters is creating this new form uh, for Scuttlebutt, you know, where, where Scuttlebutt is apart from the ship now. Yeah. And that was, like... A hell of a cliffhanger in issue two. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even sure how I felt about it as a (laughs) long time nerd. Uh, But then you get to that third issue and you start to see the book now, or you start to see Beta Ray Bill now even more so through Scuttlebutt because Scuttlebutt has been personified, right? And then when you go back and reread those first two issues, you reread all the Scuttlebutt stuff with like a new level of intensity. Um, and and I, I guess what I want to know is the steps that you took to bring Scuttlebutt into this new form and what she can do in, in, for Beta Ray Bill as a, a relationship.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I didn't really. I just. So my initial, when I kind of, I, as I was thinking about the, the story and like where would it, it would go. I was like, man, it'd be really cool if, like, because they have been traveling around for forever. If Beta Ray Bill was somehow able to like interact with his ship on like a more deeper level, um, and I just I, I know it's like a sci fi trope to have like an android appear, but um, I felt like kind within the context of like the M- Marvel slash, uh, Thor universe, maybe hadn't quite been done yet, so, mm-hmm. uh, I just went for it, and I just really wanted. I guess I wanted a care, a character that w- was kind of pure of heart, right? Like they had just kind of come alive and, and they're wise to the way of the world because they have been like this entity beforehand, but they have a new perspective that maybe like none of the other characters have that maybe doesn't necessarily make sense within the context of the world. So kind of like think about like wonder woman in like dead earth where she's just like telling people that she loves them. And they're mm-hmm. like, what, come on, go away. <laughs> um, and it's a little awkward in that way. And so I was kind of trying to create a character in Scuttlebutt that was like a bit of a, a child, uh, or, you know, like, like a like very fresh and kind of an interesting and new take. And, um, it, it was, it's, it was not, she's not, she was not easy to write. Um, and I'm glad that I was able to like, kind of find a way for them to kind of bond like over a ping pong, mm-hmm. uh, it just kind of makes everything mesh a little better. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah. Uh, I I was also, like, in the design sense, I was definitely trying to go a little more old school, kind of Metropolis vibe than the more modern yeah. kind of sensibility, uh, which also kind of makes it a little more jarring.
0: Um, so when Beta Ray Bill first tells Thor that he's leaving Asgard... The first thing he says is like, I need to go on a journey to find myself. And mm. then the the very next thing he says is, and to do that, I need to find a weapon, right? <laughs> because I'm clearly not myself if I don't have something to do with my hands. Um, so, um, and so, he, of course, he goes to Odin and... Odin tries to give him the same old song and dance, you're special. I saw it from the beginning. And, (laughs) um, and Bill is like, uh, yeah, but. um,
1: Give me another storm. I'm,
0: I'm an uggo. (laughs) And uh, like that Odin relates to that as going like, I'm not like, I know what it's like to feel ugly on the outside. And Mm -hmm. then he sends, um, he sends Bill down a dark path. Like, and Mm -hmm. he like specifically, he's like, guess what? I'm sending you down. It's a dark path. And (laughs) um, which, of course, uh, like like every journey to truly find yourself um, ends with, or there is a gauntlet of uh, uh, traumatic memories that he has to go through, and like we still don't know ultimately what is the lesson that Beta Ray Bill is really going to learn. Mm -hmm. But do you think that there was any other way Beta Ray Bill could have learned this lesson? Is there, do you think that there was any kind of piece of wisdom, any magic words that anyone could have said to make Beta Ray Bill feel like enough?
2: Well, you know, I hesitate to answer your question fully because I don't want to give away the ending. Mm. Um, But what I will do is I'll share with you the initial kind of pitch that I sent Marvel. Um, And the original pitch was, it was going to be way sillier. The whole story (laughs) was going to be like a friggin' comedy craze ball. Um, And it was going to involve Beta Ray Bill leaving and deciding to become A galactic ping pong champion I shit you not (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like because Look I love Marvel I love comic book stories I love drawing them But I'm like trying to figure out ways To like do new things Within the context of the same characters You know where it's like You must find a weapon You know you have to defeat your enemy The one that destroyed your home (laughs) And uh, I was like actively Trying to steer away from that So I'm like sitting in a coffee shop outside, sweltering heat because of COVID. Mm. I'm like, this isn't working. And I'm like, okay, okay. Loki's gonna gonna come over and he's be like, I hate my brother. And you and you're you know you can't stand my brother either. So let's team up. And I'm gonna teach you how to play ping pong. I'm like, wait, but Loki doesn't play ping pong. He wouldn't give a shit about ping pong. <laughs> and then I'm like doing all these da 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 da. So I was trying, I was actively trying to find a way for Beta Ray Bill to find himself like without violence without picking up a sword without finding a new hammer and uh i finally like after three weeks two weeks two, two or three weeks of me just like banging my head against the wall i was like what if it's just old school like what if we just play into it like if the, if if trying to break new ground is just refusing to work what if we come back and and i was like what is beta ray bill all about like what is he what is he obsessed with what is what drives him and i'm like well you know searcher freaking killed his home you know and he hates the way he looks and it just kind of once i followed that trail of like what like all the things that have kind of weighed on beta ray bill over the years and what i would do if i was in his shoes it just kind of fell into place and it all involved like a sword and an adventure and going into the depths of hell um and it just like just so happened that the old school worked Mm. um so i had to kind of kind of let myself go in that but I only found that once I like really got into Beta Ray Bill's head and Beta Ray Bill is absolutely convinced that he is not worth much and it's kind of this drive to find that it kind of makes us like want to read the story and the magic words does he hear him does he not Hmm, I don't know Uh,
1: I mean we're we're dying here we're dying to to read that fifth (laughs) issue Um, you know, like, I, I, I look at the, at Beta Ray Bill's journey and, you know, you talk about how he has to confront Surtur and it's something that we, I think all of us have to do at some point in our lives. We have to confront something that didn't go the way we wanted it to go. And we can ignore that thing for a long time, but in a comic book realm, in mythology, these these uh, sh- past shames are so much more exaggerated because that's how humanity deals with their own stuff. They, they
0: well, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> well, they, they yeah. need,
1: you know, they use these <laughs> exaggerated things to get to the truth of how hurt those emotions feel, right? So totally. like, with Beta Ray Bill, I was made to be this thing. I failed. I went and got lost with the gods for a while. And I think... While I was playing God, I was just running for my shame. But now here is a chance for me to go head first and confront the thing that ruined me and 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 is the source of all my agony. Mm. And so like I feel like if you wanted to truly tackle that uh experience, you have to go
2: on the quest. Like it yes. has to be the quest. It does. Uh, it does, and, um, you know, as much as, as much as you know, I, I try to make something different and uh, kind of like break out of the box. Um, sometimes it's the box that like the, sto- the, the some of those stories fit the best in. Um, and uh, I'm I'm glad that I tried something new and it didn't work, and uh, that's fine. And I'm <laughs> I'm so happy with how the story turned out. Now, um, I just. You know, it was not there were many days This I, when I was drawing like issue four and five, issue three and four. I was in a pretty like dark place emotionally, like with coronavirus and mm-hmm. stuff, because I was like the winter time and especially like the end of the winter, like February, early March. Oh, my God. I was mm-hmm. like I was a wreck I was just like this crazy, just black hole of like wake up, like try and appreciate my family, even though I have been with <sighs> them. 24 7, 24 7, 24 7, you know, go downstairs, draw the comic. What page is it? Beta Ray Bill, issue three. Okay. I've got to have to provide for my family. <laughs> <laughs> just like a grind. Um, and, you know, it's funny because it's like without work, I don't know what I would have done. Uh, but it just got to this point where, like, I haven't seen another human being in ages. I'm going crazy here. And um, so, like, uh, but not it's so funny. Cause like I look at the pages now, I'm just doing some self-reflection here. Sorry. I'm taking no, it on a tangent. Please. I look back on the, um, on my, on the pages that I did over the course of like that kind of quarantine, that second lockdown. And like, they're so detailed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember like I working on extremity and like just so many lines, so many lines. And then I did murder Falcon. I had my, had, I had Fiona, my daughter, and I, like, had no time for lines. I just mm. had to get it out, you know, and it was, like, very, like, raw and just, like, what's on the page is on the page. And then uh, Wonder Woman came around. I, like, started adding a little more and then getting a little more back into it. And then, um, you know, Beta Ray Bill happened in the coronavirus. I'm, like, well, I have nothing else to do, so I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to friggin' render the hell out of this <laughs> line. <laughs> And it's just so interesting, the organic nature, the ebb and flow of different projects and how they come hmm. about and how they are completed. And as much as the story is so important, you know, like like those li- the line making, you know, it's like it doesn't happen without that line making. And, um, you know, you should like I print out all my scripts when I do my thumbnails, you know, I have the script right next to me so I can like still be in the head of the characters when I'm drawing the actual page. Like, OK, page 15. Bill Bill is saying something in this panel, but I can't even remember what it is. What is it? Oh yeah, okay. So he should look like this. Mm. You know, you kind of get into that zone, and uh, just the ratty, coffee stained, like like shitty, like eight and a half by eleven printout of like triple stapled so the pages don't fall apart. It's just I don't know. It's just it was a it was a good time. It was it was challenging to make, but I'm like so happy with how it turned out. <laughs>
0: Well, we're we're totally in love with Beta Ray Bill. I think it's for me, like, I find it tremendously meaningful. And like especially with consideration to like you going like, I wanted to do something out of the box. Yeah. And and um like with like the one thing that I feel like is like the relationship, like the the binding thing between Murder Falcon Dead Earth and Beta Ray Bill is they're all just so tremendously heartbreaking and you have this like compulsion to like go there, like emotionally just go Mm. there. And like, and um, what I think that other, uh, I'm not gonna say that. What I'm gonna say is like, there are so many unexplored dark corners In the box, there's still so much beauty in the box, and I love the fact that, like, because you couldn't bust out of it, you had to find the darkest, most vulnerable, most you know, disarming parts of Beta Ray Bill's story because that's like that's what I come to comic books for, I like, you know, I'm not gonna remember, (laughs) so a lot of the times, I'm not going to remember the broad strokes of every single X-Men comic, like who was the, like so many times I go like, who was the villain in that one, I don't care. Like what I I care about is like, what does it say about the characters? And then self-centeredly, what do the characters say about me? Like how do I how do I take Bay Bill's story and apply it to my life and make my life better? Like what are the ways that I feel like, okay, you know, without this baby blanket, you know, without my singing or without my, you know, whatever, like I'm not like I don't feel like myself. You right. know what I mean? So so I really like I love I love that you can get out of that box. I love it. <laughs> I
2: love it, and I thank well you for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have no power of my own. It was just frustration giving way. The tectonic plates finally gave way.
1: And, you know, uh, before we get out of here, you we've been talking for a while. We've been talking longer than I told you we would be talking, so I appreciate <laughs> that. You're very generous. Oh, yeah. Um, but you're trapped here now. Uh, you're in our box now. <laughs> yeah. You're in our yeah. box. Uh, you, you talk about how it's all about the line making and the – you know, and I think that's something that we don't, especially critics, so-called comic book critics or comic book fans. We tend to forget that the art is the narrative, that the lines are the narrative. And so when you talk about the importance of those line marks, like all the story in that panel, when we first saw my beautiful boy, all those that heavily rendered beta Ray bill from face front, uh, that is all story in that, image mm. and I, I wish yeah. I wish people would I I I feel like we all need to do a better job on our end to talk about the story that's in the in the art.
2: Mm. Man I I just it's it's funny because it's so I realize that the most the culture of most comic books is like writer and artist as separate entities. Yeah. But since I'm doing both like I almost like think in pictures. Mm-hmm. Um so you should see my scripts. They are not. Uh, I have not, seen them. They are pretty
1: bare. bare. <laughs> <laughs> they
2: are pretty friggin' bare. Um, I was right. I had to write a Deadpool story. And like there's like one sentence explaining each page basically with like the dialogue all set in stone, you know, <laughs> no, to, nice. no idea what I'm doing.
0: Well, to, to, like everybody uses words every day. You know what I mean? So everybody <laughs> thinks that they can they can write a, like to me like to you you're like well the picture pixi- the picture is the the part that just happens <laughs> like not to us to us it's magic
2: <laughs> oh totally and there are some days where i still where like i can kind of like i don't know um this is weird but every once in a while i'll like re-watch some of my like uh youtube videos of like myself drawing mm-hmm. and I, I look at myself and i'm like how am I doing that? <laughs> <laughs> so there is definitely magic there. And um, it's something that I need to recognize more.
1: You know, the thing I love about your videos is how crazy vulnerable you are in them. Like you are, you do admit like, hey guys, this this image uh, doesn't work for me. The way that this fist comes in uh, through Asgard, Fin Fang Foom, it does not work for me. Uh, but then at the same time, <laughs> you get to, like, two panels later, or the Rainmaker, uh, yeah. and you're like, this is, like, the greatest thing I've ever done. And I... <laughs> so, like, that wild swing in those commentary tracks between vulnerability and self-pride, like, I find very aspiring.
2: Thank you. I'm I'm so glad that... I'm so glad that translates, because I uh, I personally... I just... Uh, you know, the whole, like, uh, I don't know, artist, sad, sad artist kind of thing is like, ah, uh, I just... I just, I don't have time for it in my own brain. I'm just like, this is awesome and I can do better on this. And like, (laughs) I like, I like just like, you know, man, I'm really good at this. And I like just being able to own it and, but not be a dick, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's no dickishness. No dickishness.
0: Everybody has a weird day at work. Well, that's true. You know, like, oh, you know, (laughs) if I had my, my work printed out every day, like, oh, I didn't nail that one. Okay.
2: (laughs) That's a fact. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, where it's like weird. You have this like, oh yeah, my day at work back in coronavirus twenty twenty. Mm, I know where I was with this one. <laughs> well,
1: Daniel, thank you so much for spending extra time in the love nest. We're
0: so spoiled right now.
1: We're we're <laughs> feeling very, very uh, happy about this conversation. It was a real awesome. honor and a privilege. Thank you.
2: No, I, I, I really, I appreciate all the love. Seriously, you, you've, you've, you've been great. Thank you. Um, but for our
1: listeners, where can they find you online if they don't know already?
2: I have a uh, Twitter and Instagram, Daniel Warren Art. I have a website, danielwarrenart.com. I have a YouTube channel uh, called Something from Nothing. And, you know, video editing is uh, wow, takes a long time. Yeah. So uh, I go live every Friday, which requires no editing at all, which is usually me drawing. Something small, maybe sometimes it's a page of a project I'm working on. Sometimes it's a little sketch for a friend. Um, very low scale, uh, low, low um, you know, low drama, but very chill. And uh, I hang out every week, and it's it's a good time. You know, it's I don't know, I don't know how to YouTube, so uh, <laughs> it's me learning as I go. But that's kind of where you can find me.
0: It's soothing. It's like Bob Ross, but you know, like with like hammers and stuff.
2: People have told me that um, they like. uh, I have a lot of people who come onto the channel who are also uh, either like working artists or aspiring artists. They say they just put it put it on in the background while they draw, which I just think is the coolest thing. (laughs) Love
1: it. Amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. Well, once again, Daniel, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we hope you have a wonderful day. You too. There you have it, our conversation with Daniel Warren Johnson about Beta Ray Bill. It's over, Lisa.
0: I'm so glad it's out in the world, though. Because those like couple of days where this, <laughs> this interview is just rattling in the cam. Yeah,
1: we actually had this conversation before we talked to Sean Eastridge about Superman the movie. So, like, we've we've been very hungry for all of you to hear it and to praise us and give us words of affirmation.
0: Of course, always. The thing about the interview that surprised me the most was that he didn't relate to Beta Ray Bill Mm. in the way that I anticipated that he would. Yeah,
1: because we talked about it in the intro of this episode, how Beta Ray Bill becomes a mirror for you and like he makes his characters into mirrors, but he doesn't actually necessarily see himself in Beta Ray Bill.
0: Yeah, because I was thinking, like, you know, I'm an artist. Daniel Warren Johnson is an artist. Like, we, we have imposter syndrome. Like, we always are comparing ourselves to others. And that's how me and Beta Ray Bill and Daniel Warren Johnson are all the same. And he's like... No, I'm completely at peace with my art. And when I'm making lines, like I feel so right in the world. And I was like, what are the things that I do that make me feel right in the world? I don't so know. So
1: his relationship with Beta Ray Bill and the telling of this story is he looked at what was there in the character and in all his stories. And he extrapolated what he wanted to tell about him. He knew he wanted to get into his heart and into his mind. And this is how he did it. And it's not necessarily a reflection of his own feelings, which is like, what? That's not how I would do it. Yeah,
0: everything is about me. This podcast (laughs) is about me. Beta Ray Bill is about me. Fantastic Four, also about me, weirdly. Talking
1: to Daniel Warren Johnson, about me.
0: (laughs) That's right. I'm an Enneagram Four, and don't you forget it.
1: (laughs) But yeah, so- there you go, man. Bad Ray Bill, uh, you know, it's too early to say, you know, like, I really cherish Murder Falcon. Uh, I adore Extremity. I adore Wonder Woman Dead Earth. But I have a feeling, you know, you know, and Daniel could mess this all up on Wednesday, but if he sticks the landing, and there's no reason to think he wouldn't, that Beta Bill might become my favorite Daniel Warren Johnson piece?
0: I think he did find something extremely special in a place where people were tired of looking. Mm. People were like, we're, we're good on Beta Ray Bill. He's a weird character from the past. He is, you know, he's popping up in the MCU, maybe. I mean,
1: I mean like, first off, Lisa, you know how much I adore Beta Brad Ray does. Bill. Brad does.
0: He's everywhere in this apartment.
1: He's all over the place. I see him now, over there, he's over there, he's over there. Uh, yeah, uh, look, we're not tired of Beta Ray Bill, <laughs> Lisa. The Beta Ray Bill fan community hungers for more Bill, and we always will, and we'll continue to want to see more Bill stories after this one, but- this does feel like the pinnacle of that character, of that fandom.
0: Ooh, I think I think I struck a nerve there. Uh,
1: maybe. <laughs> uh, so yes, we're eagerly anticipating the fifth and final issue on Wednesday, but uh, Daniel Warren Johnson also had new issues drop this past week. Uh, the new uh, Superman Red and Blue contains his story Generations, which Lisa- uh, Insta-tears. Oh my God, like- like a perfect eight-page Superman story. And
0: actually a really beautiful partner to Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. Yeah, There are themes, baby.
1: Yeah, and he also has another eight-page story, a continuation of Murder Falcon, what, 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 in the new Skybound X or Skybound 10. I I think it's 10 because it's the 10th anniversary of Skybound. So uh, seek out those two anthologies, Daniel Warren Johnson uh, kicking butt over there as well.
0: I wonder what his love language is, Daniel Warren Johnson. Why didn't we ask? Well, I mean,
1: we left the door wide open. He could walk in at any time. It's unlocked. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, come back to comic book couples counseling. You are welcome.
0: He did say that we could call him Daniel or Dan, but it feels weird. So we say all three
1: every time. <laughs> all three every time. Uh, I really look forward to editing this when uh, I turn bright red like a tomato and blush over my ridiculous fanboy behavior and how many times I say Daniel Warren Johnson.
0: Your time with this episode might not be over, Brad, but for our listeners, ugh, it's almost finished. So what do they have to look forward to on comic book couples counseling next week?
1: Issue 69, 69, dude. Up top, Loki and Loki, as experienced in the Journey into Mystery, Mighty Thor crossover, Everything Burns, from writers Matt Fraction and Kieran Gillam. That's right, We're talking Matt Fraction once again on this show. We can't escape that guy. But then the week after that, we're gonna leave the Marvel Universe. We've been hanging out in the Marvel Universe for so long. It's time to get back to DC. And we're launching a new four-episode series on Black Canary and Green Arrow. And to celebrate that, We commissioned Karen Charm to do this incredible comic book couples counseling poster. It's on our Twitter feed. It's on our website. It's on our Facebook page. Have you seen this thing? Karen is a miracle worker. I look cool, almost.
0: They do just such a good job of capturing our spirit, and we were planning on holding on to that art and keeping it until those actual episodes came out. But we literally could not contain ourselves.
1: It's simply too good not to share. And speaking of sharing, Lisa, where can our listeners share their words of affirmation with you?
0: That is so sweet. I am always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram and Twitter. If you have words of affirmation for our logo, you can send them to Aaron Prescott at a cool hand fluke. And if you have some words of affirmation for our new radical banner art, yeah. send them over to Karen Charm at Karen underscore X-Men Fan. Brad. Yes. Where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you?
1: You can find me on all social medias at Mouthdork. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to get exclusive, you can join our Patreon, where you'll get more content, including weekly bonus episodes and extended director cut creator corners.
0: That episode is going to be, like, two hours.
1: It's a long one.
0: (laughs) If you'd like to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, comicbookcouplescounseling.com, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CBCC Podcast. You can
1: give us the gift of five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to do an act of service, why not write a review of the show while you're there?
0: We are fluent and receptive in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts and helps the pod.
1: So until next time, lovebirds, keep your love tank full.
0: And your psychic rapport
1: open.